Hey, so just a quick disclaimer before we get into the podcast. Um, the episode was recorded two weeks ago on August the 17th, so a lot of the takes are very outdated, and you can see how bad my predictions are. And also, um, when I was recording that episode, I didn't actually have a name set out for the podcast, but the podcast will be known as the Top Waffler Podcast. And um, yeah, so then there should be another podcast episode coming out sometime later this week. And following that, it'll be on a set routine. So enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, so here we go. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode one coming at you. And it's a bit later than I wanted to get it out, but um, I better late than never. So just a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about. It's mostly going to be about sports. So we're going to be talking mostly about hockey, basketball, soccer, bit of UFC review, some Formula One, maybe some football. But uh, yeah, for the most part, we're going to stick with hockey, basketball, and soccer. So for uh, my favorite teams in each of them, obviously being from Calgary, hockey, I'm a big Flames fan, Calgary Flames. Um, podcast is mostly going to revolve around that. Obviously also a big Toronto Raptors fan. And um yeah, it was great watching them win the, the championship last year. And um, for soccer, a uh, Manchester United fan from the English Premier League. And uh, how I got into being a fan for for each of these teams was really, like, for the Flames, I remember watching Game 7 of the 04 Cup Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, honestly, I don't remember much about it. Uh, I wasn't really knowledgeable about hockey, and I didn't really know what was going on. And then, obviously, like, the next year, the lockout followed. And then it was a bit uh, – I didn't know what was going on, right? And then um, in 05-06, my first game was uh, – the first game I watched in the regular season against the Montreal Canadiens. And if I remember correctly, Sheldon Surrey scored a goal. And uh, even though he was a Canadian, somehow had an affinity with him. And that was my first actual memory of it. And then um, – I don't know, from there, I just kind of became a fan. You know, Kipper, Safaginla, even Dion Phaneuf, hell, he brought me into the team too. And, um, yeah, been a fan ever since. We've uh, been through some tough times there, a bunch of first-round exits, a rebuild that hasn't really amounted to much. But, uh, hey, we're here today, and that's all that counts, right? And uh, for basketball, I was never really into basketball growing up. Um, got into it in 2014, watching the Raptors and the Nets uh, in the first round when the Nets uh, beat us in seven. And then obviously into the next year, getting swept by the Wizards. And then um, following year, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and the start of LeBronto, fucking 10 straight losses to the Cavs in the playoffs there and to LeBron. And uh, yeah, so then... Uh, been a Raptors fan since then you know intently watch every game and then with soccer with United I truly don't actually know how I became a United fan I just uh, remember I guess liking them and uh yeah stuck with that and you know pick a team you stick with it you don't jump on and off you you pick one you go for them and then yeah that, that's uh kind of my favorite teams there so United uh, the Toronto Raptors and the Calgary Flames. So this podcast obviously will be heavily um, 
lean towards the news regarding those three teams, but I'll also try and keep a general idea of what's going on around the rest of the leagues and everything like that. And of course, like being a fan of those teams, there will be a slight bias towards them as well. So um, I'll try my best when discussing things to come at it with a with an unbiased approach. But um, yeah, I can't, can't promise that for sure. And uh, yeah, all right. So um, now getting into things here, the bubble and how the NBA and the NHL have both restarted amidst this pandemic in the bubble and at first I'm not gonna lie I thought it was a pretty pretty terrible idea I thought it was um not smart to separate players from their family Uh, I thought it wasn't gonna work I thought it wasn't gonna be safe but through the testing like there's been thousands of thousands of tests done and um zero positive results coming back so clearly it's working it's good It lets us watch the sports we love and enjoy. And uh, it gives us a way to kind of exit reality for a bit and exit the world we're living in today. And um, it's pretty good because lots of people are saying too that there'll be an asterisk besides whoever wins the the championship in the respective sports. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, arguably for the NHL, it was harder because, uh, some teams will have to have won five series if they're going to go all the way. And um, even for the NBA, right, it's like um, there's no home court advantage. There's not much. You're not in a routine. It's much harder to be going to games from waking up in a hotel bed compared to getting up at home and going to games. So it's going to be um, well-earned and well-deserved for whoever does win. And, uh, you know, we're starting off two – been almost two weeks through it now but it's a a two two and a half month marathon that'll most likely end sometime in October and uh yeah we just gotta go with it right and uh and yeah I think uh I think both leagues and um you know the health and safety aspect has been tremendous and um it's really good that they got things going obviously it sucks that it couldn't be you know, in um, the home cities with fans, but uh, you see what the MLB is doing and how they're not going with the bubble. And they've had, I think, 21 days straight of cancel cancellations or 21, something like that, like uh, 21 days straight where a game has been canceled because of the virus and how some certain uh, specific members of certain organizations playing have tested positive, which is rendering them unable to play. And, uh, that's what happens when you're traveling from city to city through airports and you're just exposing yourself to the general public and it's just not going to work. And I'm really surprised their season hasn't been canceled yet. Uh, but yeah, the NHL and the NBA have done a great job as long as well as the MLS. And it was, um, it was pretty tough to hear the CFL cancellation this uh, today as well for the season. It's a league that uh, is loved by many Canadians. The Grey Cups, obviously a huge sporting event here in Canada and um, sucks for people that are, have their lives dependent on it. You know, their jobs, their income comes from the CFL and it's, um, it's uh, not the best thing to, to wake up to you know, the cancellation, but um, hopefully they come back stronger. They get the loan from the government as well, and uh, it works out for them next year. So uh, now going towards predictions for what's going to happen here. 
obviously I'm a bit late on predictions, but I've have I've had them written down and I'm sticking with the ones that I've gone with as of right now. It's Monday, August the 17th. So um, the play-in round's done in the NHL. The seeding round's done in the NBA. The first round started today, and uh, first round for the NHL is about we're about halfway through. Some team, some series have gone four games. I think most series have gone four games, and uh, a couple have gone only three games. But um, I'll stick with my predictions, and I guess I'll just I'll walk through them a bit. So uh, had a Vegas beating Chicago in four games. Pretty simple. Vegas is a powerhouse, man. They're uh, they're a top team in the NHL. They came in the league three years ago. You know, Cup Finals last year. They, albeit they choked a three-one lead to San Jose, as well as choking the last uh, the last game, up being up three nothing and losing four three, or it was a four three or five four, something like that in overtime, right? And um, but yeah, they've uh, they've strengthened up. You know, Stastny, Stone, Pacioretty, along with their original first line of Carlson, Marchessault, and Riley Smith, as well as having like some depth with Ryan Reeves. Chandler Stevenson and then uh, the goaltending is just simply remarkable Robin Leonard as your starter with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury the flower as your backup um, they, they can run two goalies deep you know you just run the hot hand there and um, I'll be, I don't like their decor I like um, uh, Shea Theodore is one name that sticks out but the rest of it's just very unflattering to me and that's what surprises me about how well they play is that even with a relatively in my opinion, weak defensive core. They are doing quite well and quite good for themselves and have been since they've uh, since they brought into the league in 2017. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, I guess that's just what good coaching does for you. You know, Gerard Gallant initially and now Pete DeBoer, two really good coaches. Excuse me. And uh, it's just something, uh, you know, they're just – well well oiled like they just work together and that's what makes them such a good team they're a powerhouse man they won the seeding round the round robin and in, in initially for a reason right they won all three of their games and they're pretty good and uh, the team they're up against the blackhawks are just are not there like the 12th seed in the west they upset the oilers which was tremendous which was amazing seeing edmonton lose and seeing Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl get sent packing from their own city but uh but yeah, Chicago has nothing on Vegas. Um, so, yeah, I initially predicted um, Vegas in four, which is unfortunately incorrect on my part as uh, Chicago ended up winning game four to extend the series and take it to a game five, which will happen tomorrow. And um, I still stick by that Vegas will win the series, which is obviously easy to do when they're up 3-1. But um, you never know. Chicago could pull off a one-in-a-million comeback against them. But, uh, yeah, so we're wrong on that prediction. But um, Vegas in four was what my prediction was initially. And then moving on to the, the two versus seven in the West, I uh, had Colorado beating Arizona in five, which is, you know, it's pretty spot on so far. Colorado's up 3-1. They can send Arizona packing on Wednesday. And uh, simply because Colorado, like, as a Flames fan, I witnessed it firsthand last spring. Colorado was not an eight seed. They were – a team that got, you know, they had like a terrific, uh, terrific stretch at the start of the season. I remember in eighteen nineteen, they had a horrible middle stretch, and then Philip Grubauer got um, 
the, the reins as a starting goaltender late on, and they got hot. They came into the playoffs, I believe seven, two and one, or eight, one and one, and they were just on a roll. And Nathan McKinnon is a is a top top player in the world. He's probably the best player remaining in the playoffs right now. He's a top top player in the world, and um, like they're just steamrolling. Like they won seven one earlier today. The shots were something like thirty to like thirteen or something like that. And it's just like like, and they won earlier game. The game of two, I believe, or game one that they won was uh, they smoked them again. I think it was game one. It was a three nothing win where they scored three goals and like with five minutes remaining in the third, they scored three goals with all within a minute and uh, I think thirty seconds or something something along those lines. And uh, they had outshot Arizona like thirty to like twelve or something like that. There's I haven't watched too much of the series, so I can't speak on if they are dominating or if it's just um, stats. But like looking at the stats, you can see they're dominating and see the way, seeing the way that they handled Calgary last year. Um, it was an easy prediction to have them go in in five, and it looks like it looks like that is what's going to happen. Uh, so then now on to the three versus six in the West, which is Dallas versus Calgary, and I like. Um, Anybody I talked to before this, when this series was officially announced, like a bunch of forums I post on and just uh, talking to my buddies and, you know, talking to people at home about it. I'm just like, this, this series is going seven for sure. Like of the matchups, I feel like this was the most um, closely matched up. And uh, I truly believe it was going seven from the beginning. Right now it's two, two. So it's guaranteed to go to six. It's turned into a best of three. I, for some weird reason, have picked the Calgary Flames to go through in seven games. And um, we'll be previewing this later on, so I'll talk more about it then. But, yeah, so as of now, my prediction, it'll stick with it. It's Flames in seven. It's 2-2, so um, it's best out of three now, and we'll see what happens there. And uh, for the last series in the West, first round, the 4-5, is um, Vancouver and St. Louis. And uh, Vancouver surprisingly went up to nothing. Um St. Louis has come back now, and just uh, before recording this, I watched them record their 3-1 win to even the series at two. So it's all knotted up at two. And this one as well, um, it's uh, I picked the underdog here. I picked Vancouver to win it, game seven. And simply because, uh, first of all, St. Louis hasn't played that well. Jordan Bennington's uh, been taken out. Jake Allen's won the last two games, but I, I don't necessarily trust Jake Allen. He's had a history of being a like letting in softies so if they're sticking with him like I, I don't necessarily trust that for St. Louis and also just the cup hangover you know it's very rare that cup winning teams go far the next year um, uh, Washington got eliminated in the first round after winning their cup Pittsburgh got eliminated second round after winning back-to-back cups I can see them not getting far and by not getting far like Vancouver would be a team to upset them simply because Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, JT Miller, clicking Bo Horvat, Captain Bo, who's leading the NHL in playoff goals right now at six. Uh, Quinn Hughes is a stud on D. I don't necessarily agree with the notion that he is the number one defenseman currently in the Western Conference, but um, he's, he's, he's good. He's a stud. Uh, and Jacob Markstrom is a tremendous goalie. So, like, if there's an upset, I can see that being uh, on the cards there. And uh, it's the best out of three there. I, I think Vancouver has the fi- firepower up front because Tarasenko, I know he didn't play yesterday. I'm not sure if he played tonight or not. But um, So if St. Louis is missing Tarasenko, that's a big miss there. And um, 
yeah so i'd say i'd say vancouver in seven and that's uh that's like i'd say a popular underdog pick because every year as well there's always like the the lower seed the kind of the underdog that in a way surprises everybody and goes far i can see that being vancouver but i'm a bit reluctant now because st louis has just won the last two games but uh again it's another best out of three so it's another one guaranteed to go six games at least and um I'm just saying, no, don't be surprised if Vancouver ends up taking this one. So now we're moving on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, the one versus eight, uh, Philly taking Montreal out in five games, which uh, looks like it could happen. Right now it's 2-1 Philadelphia. After Philly won game one by one goal, they got shut out 5 nothing, which I was not expecting at all. And um, then they respond with a one nothing shutout win of their own. And uh, yeah, I don't... I can't comment too much on this series. You know, I haven't watched any of it really. I've tuned into the last uh, last five minutes of game one and game three simply because that's what I normally do in uh, playoff games not involving my team is uh, I'll be busy doing other stuff. And then um, if I notice it's a close game, you know, I'll, I'll hop on there in the last last five minutes or so, see, uh, see what the pressure is like, see if um, a tying goal can be found, if it can be taken to overtime. And... Uh, but yeah, so I haven't I haven't watched too much of it, so I just know the scores and I'm going off of just Philly being a lot more uh, better in the regular season than Montreal. But yeah, so Philly in five looks like it still could happen. We'll see. Uh, game four goes tomorrow at one p.m. Mountain, so we'll see if Montreal can force them to go into a best out of three as well. Uh, in the two versus seven. It's a rematch of the crazy one versus eight from last year, the Tampa, when Tampa got swept by Columbus for nothing. And uh, obviously can't laugh too much about that. As a Flames fan, I know what it feels like as a one seed to lose to an eight seed and get embarrassed by them. But um, yeah, I thought it's uh, Tampa getting redemption. And I had Tampa winning in seven. Right now they're up 3-1. The one game four today, 2-1. Um, I think game five goes on Wednesday. So they, can, they have a chance to... to you know, get the vindication from last year, get, get a bit of revenge, Columbus packing after they got embarrassed by them. And um, I see him getting it done. Like I had them getting it done in seven. Um, if they get it done in five, like good on them. But I don't think Columbus will go down that easy. Jonas Corpusalo is having a tremendous playoffs and John Tortorella is a hell of a coach. And I see them putting up a great fight. And uh, I guess we'll see on Wednesday how that one goes. Uh, so the three versus six, I had the New York Islanders beating the Washington Capitals in six games. Right now, the Islanders are up three nothing. Barry Trotz is having a number on his old team. Uh, Barry Trotz is a great coach, man. I remember uh, that year, the uh, 2018, was the year he won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. He left right after. That's the same year the Flames fired Glenn Gullitson. I was hoping we would hold out to get to Barry Trotz free agency. Instead, we signed Bill Peters, and we all know how that went. The racial allegations, he's gone. But, yeah, enough of the flames there. Uh, Barry Trotz, just, um, you know, I just fancy the Islanders with the coaching battle here, and um, I didn't expect them to be up 3 nothing. I thought it'd be a 2-2, and then I thought they'd they'd win the last two games to take the Capitals out. But um, a 3 nothing, you know, it makes my prediction look pretty good now. New York in six. Uh, we'll see if they can get the sweep. They play tomorrow at six. 
I'd be pretty surprised if they did get the sweep. I think Washington has the firepower to at least win one game, even though they are missing Nicholas Backstrom through a concussion. Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, Alex Ovechkin, John Carlson, even though Holtby's not what he used to be, he's still serviceable enough to win a game in the playoffs. And it's interesting here because Ilya Samsonov was declared injured, and I think that's why he didn't come to the bubble. But uh, when would they have started Samsonov over Holtby? Would it have been in the round robin when Holtby was fluttering? Or would it, would they have given Holtby the chance in the playoffs? Because Holtby is an unrestricted free agent this coming year. And you don't you don't know where he's going to go now. How many teams need a starting goaltender? How many teams will be able to pay him and afford him? He is a, uh, I believe he's won Vesna's, or he's won at least a Vesna, I think. Or maybe not a Vesna, but he's won a William M. Jennings. He was one of Stanley Cup. He was starting goaltender. He came in after Philip Grubauer lost the first two games in the first round in 18 to Columbus. So it's like, what do you do with Braden Holpe here? As the Capitals, you have Ilya Samsonov. And um, I think you still have Phoenix Copley, who was a backup last year. Could he still be a backup this year or going forward? And Samsonov is the guy you want to be your starter going forward. So would Holpe be on board for being a in a 1A, 1B situation? Or does he want to go somewhere that he's going to get to start 55, 60 games? Uh, like that's what a number one starts nowadays. And if if he's not willing to do that, to, if he's not willing to start 35, 40 games in Washington, splitting duties with Sam Solonov, who, who would be able to pay him and afford him? And uh, I guess that's something we'll go through later on and once we get to the off season before free agency we'll be able to analyze potential landing spots but so yeah um anyways getting back on topic there that little tangent have the islanders in six and uh on to the last prediction of four five in the east this one's another one that i'm completely wrong now I had the Hurricanes winning in six, and I thought the way they handled the Rangers and the way the Bruins were struggling in the play-in series or in the in the round robin, um, I thought, you know, it's perfect opportunity for the Hurricanes to, to, you know, get revenge for getting swept last year in the conference finals. And uh, it's not gone that way. They lost game one, you know, came back with a game two win, which was really nice for them. Game three was... Uh, I think it was a multi-goal loss. I haven't paid too much attention. But game four, they're up 2 nothing, with um, going into the third. And they give up four goals in a span of seven minutes. And then they end up getting one late on their only shot of the period to make it 4-3. It's a disappointing effort. I thought Carolina, I like watching Carolina a lot. I think they're a really good team. They're really well coached. Rod Brendamore is an outstanding coach. Dougie Hamilton, great player to watch. Uh, all of us always have an affinity for him from the Flames days. Sebastian Ajo, truly underrated. Great number one center. Jacob Slavin as well, very underrated. But uh, yeah, so I did the Canes in six. And um, right now they're down 3-1 in the series. So the only way for them to advance would be to, to win the series in seven games, which... Um, could be done, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't look too likely at this point, so um, I'd be willing to willing to uh, accept the L there. And uh, yeah, so that one's um, so there's my uh, my pre pre round one predictions that um, none two of them are completely off. The rest have an opportunity to be somewhat true. So just to go through them again, had 
Vegas in four, Colorado in five, Calgary in seven, uh, Vancouver in seven in the west. And in the east, I had Philadelphia in five, Tampa Bay in seven, the Islanders in six, and Carolina in six. And um, yeah, so now we shift focus to the NBA predictions for the first round, which started today for pretty good games that went on. Um, Denver, Utah went to OT. Donovan Mitchell dropped 57. Jamal Murray came up clutch. And then um, you had the Raptors and the Nets, which started off really well for the Raptors. You know, had a bit of a lull in the second and third quarter, let the let the Nets cut the deficit from 33 to 8. But uh, came back out in the fourth and just showed the difference in class between the two teams and why, why the Toronto Raptors should not be slept on. And um, then there was a Philly-Boston game. Uh, Philly had a lead going into the third or fourth quarter, and um, Boston just went on a run and outscored them by 12 to win that one. And uh, Gordon Hayward uh, looked like he rolled his ankle. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the same leg that he had that really gruesome injury on uh, back in 2017, but hopefully it's not too bad for him there. And hopefully he recovers read on Twitter that he was seen leaving the arena on crutches. So it doesn't sound too good, but um, hopefully, hopefully it's good. Hopefully, sorry, hopefully it works out for him and he's not injured for too long. And then the late game, the Clippers and the Mavericks, which a joker referee and Kristaps Porzingis has a clean block on Paul George, literally comes down, doesn't make much of a reaction of it, literally just throws his hands and kind of just says like, what the, like, you know, and, uh, he gets a technical for it, and then he gets a second tech for a double, a double tech on him and Marcus Morris when um, Morris and Doncic had a bit of an incident. And uh, I think that's a real blow to Dallas simply because sorry, they were um, they were up when uh, when he got ejected, and I feel like with him in the lineup, like it would have been beneficial to them, and they could have potentially stole this one you know kind of like upset the Clippers in game one put the Clippers on the back foot but instead now they're uh, in a situation where you know it's kind of unlucky you could argue that they should have won the game or they could have won the game with Porzingis and I mean they didn't lose by much they lost by I think eight points and uh, um, this could be something of of a demoralizing loss for them but I guess we'll see how they respond uh, Wednesday in game two. But yeah, so getting to the predictions, uh, starting in the West, we have the Lakers in seven against Portland. LA did, the Lakers didn't look too good in the the bubble seeding games, you know, lost a couple of ones that they probably shouldn't have lost. Uh, I remember seeing LeBron quote to their having certain issues behind the scenes don't know who it is like between players or whatnot and uh they're coming they're running into a hot portland team uh damian lillard is having a tremendous uh restart he's uh in my opinion one of the top point guards in the nba really like watching them play he's a really good player he's well spoken and makes him like which makes him likable off the court as well and uh i can see him winning one game just by himself sorry just by himself with the way he's playing and, uh, you know, playoff mellow. Let's see how that goes again. Carmelo deserves a nice little playoffs. Uh, if this, I don't think it'll be his last season. I think he's shown he can still play in the league. But if it, in the odd case that it is, it'll be a good send off having him appear in the playoffs against um, one of his good friends in LeBron. 
And uh, but yeah, like I think uh, Portland will. Won't, I don't think Portland will ever have the lead in the series. I think the Lakers will be leading the whole time. Portland might. Portland will tie it a few times. And uh, but when push comes to shove, uh, zero dark thirty, LeBron will just come out and he'll he'll take the team on his back after seeing how he took the twenty eighteen. Cavaliers to the finals like you know and the, taking the, the Cavs to the finals in his first stint too that man can do it all he can carry him on his back and I have no doubt in my mind that the Lakers will come victorious from the series but I think Damian Lillard is good enough to give him a scare and the Portland Trailblazers with Nurkic CJ McCollum Carmelo Anthony can push the Lakers to seven now going to one of the more interesting matchups the four five uh, OKC in Houston. So Russell Westbrook going against his former team. Chris Paul going against the team that traded him and had like no faith in him pretty much. And, you know, lots of good storylines here. And um, I'm going for one that I, uh, a prediction I think would be pretty funny to, to see happen. And um, it'd be pretty kind of like ironic. I think uh, OKC wins in five. Um, I don't think PJ Tucker handles uh, Stephen Adams, the small ball lineup going up against their, the bigger lineup of OKC. You know, got Stephen Adams, Danilo Gallinari there. Uh, I don't see them going up all too well against that. And with Russell Westbrook being confirmed out for game one and possibly game two, you know, uh, that's their lead. And that's one of their, their best player, like along with James Harden, right? And if Harden's not hitting his shots, Houston's in a tough spot. And uh, without Russell Westbrook, so I think depending on how many games Westbrook misses, um, I think Houston loses those games that he misses, and I think Chris Paul will have a big chip on his shoulder to prove that it was not him. He like it was not his fault for Houston's playoff failures in his two years there, and um, I think yeah he'll go in with a massive chip on his shoulder and he'll he'll play his ass off and the Thunder will come out in five games and it'll be kind of like a, a little bit of a funny moment there because everybody thought OKC would not make the playoffs and um, Houston losing to the team they acquired Westbrook from would be pretty funny. Uh, the 3-6 three, the three, now, the Nuggets and the Jazz saw this game earlier going to overtime. Donovan Mitchell dropped 57 points like I said earlier and it's just, I think this is like a similar to the Nuggets and the Trailblazers from last year in the second round. Two pretty evenly matched teams, and I see it going down to the distance. And um, I think the Nuggets win this in seven this year. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. I, I think Nikola Jokic is uh, comparatively the better player than um, Donovan Mitchell. And then the two, like just comparing the, the two, um, the top two on each team, you know, Murray and, and Jokic to uh, Mitchell and Gobert and the chemistry issues that Mitchell and Gobert had because of, of the alleged like separation that they had because of the COVID and everything like that. The rumors about the turmoil in the Jazz locker room. And then if you want to add the third options in, like you don't know when Mike Conley's going to come back and when he's going to, you know, go back into the bubble after the birth of his son. When When's he going to be cleared to play? What game is he going to be cleared to play for? Um, after that, like Joe Ingles, you got, you know, um, Royce O'Neal, um, whereas the Nuggets, you got, um, Jeremy Grant, you got Michael Porter Jr. 
You have Monte Morris off the bench. You got Tory Craig as a good defender. Paul Millsap, uh, Mason Plumley. I just think the Nuggets' depth and the Nuggets have better players, but I see Utah winning games as well. I think they're evenly matched, but I take the team with Jokic, so I go Nuggets in seven. And now um, getting to the game, the, the late game of tonight, that was the Clippers and the Mavericks. Uh, Clippers in five, and um, today's game helps that prediction too because, uh, you know, at the start, they were up, I think, like 17-2, to two, and then the Mavericks came back, and it was looking like one of those games that, you know, the lower seed can come and kind of upset the higher seed and, you know, put them on their toes a bit, back them up, and just, you know, let them know that they have a series here. And, uh, you know, the ejection of, of Christoph Porzingis kind of pushed that back. And and uh, it was clear then that, you know, without Porzingis, it's going to be tougher because then they're going to be throwing lots of defensive matchups at, at Doncic. And, uh, you know, maybe they can steal a couple of games, but I, I think they steal one. And um, it'll be a good year for Doncic. You know, he'll get development, play some playoff basketball, and hopefully he comes out next year it's just a, a way stronger, stronger individual, and he just carries teams on his he carries his team on his back in the playoffs. But uh, for this year, I see Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will being too much to handle for Doncic and the Mavs. Now uh, shifting focus to the East, the one the one eight like Bucks and four. If Milwaukee loses a game to Orlando, like what are you doing? Orlando is garbage. Orlando shouldn't be in the playoffs. They should have adapted a one sixteen for this tournament. You had all sixteen teams in the same hub city. The only reason they don't do one sixteen regularly is because the travel issues are not even issues. They just don't want the teams traveling too far to go play each other. You had the perfect opportunity here. Adam Silver NBA to to do a 116 and uh, if it was a 116 like Orlando just doesn't deserve to be there Memphis and Phoenix deserve to be there over Orlando so Milwaukee in four like if Orlando steals a game for Milwaukee um, it's uh, I just don't see that happening and if it does that's in my opinion a little bit embarrassing for Milwaukee so they should easily walk through Orlando um Miami, Indiana in the 4-5, Jimmy Butler and uh, TJ Warren going out one another. Um, even though Miami swept the regular season and Indiana is without DeMontis a bonus, it's the playoffs, you know, regular season gets thrown out the window. Uh, this is two tough teams, man. They're, like, and tough, I mean, like, you know, they fight tooth and nail, you know, and uh, that's just the identity of each team. And I, I see Miami taking it in seven, though. They have the best player overall in Jimmy Butler, who, in my opinion, is he's really good. He might not be the most likable player, but he doesn't get the respect he deserves league wide. And uh, I like in in games like in series like this, where teams are matched evenly in the four or five spot, especially, you just you got to go with the team that has the best player, and that's uh, that's Jimmy Butler. And uh, so now going to the three six. Uh, it's Boston and Philly, and this one's kind of out of spite for Boston as I'm not too too keen on playing them in the second round as a Raptors fan. I'm hoping for the Sixers in seven. So that's what I'm predicting. Realistically, I can see how that's not really likely, especially with Ben Simmons being injured. Uh, they came close today. You know, they gave up the lead in the fourth. Uh, Joel Embiid should have had the ball more in the fourth. He only chucked 15 shots up. The ball should have been going through him late, late on. But, uh, you know, 
I hold out hope that he he puts it together and they can with their size kind of just override Boston and Boston as well has a uh, injury to Gordon Hayward now to factor in. So we'll see how that plays in. But I, uh, my prediction, which will probably be wrong, is Philadelphia and seven. Uh, now going to the last um, series, which was two seven, which was the Raptors and the Nets. Um, have the Raps in five, and five simply because like I see a scenario where they should be sweeping Brooklyn as well. Because although Brooklyn did well in the bubble, they shouldn't really be in the playoffs either as a sub five hundred team and. Um, Without all their star players, they did good. And Karis LeVert's been doing really good. But uh, uh, the Raptors are just going to be too much to handle for them. And I could see a sweep, but I, I'd give them a gentleman sweep. And I'd say they take one game simply because of what we saw in the second and third. The Raptors had a bit of a lull. They you know, they let Brooklyn back in. And credit to Brooklyn, they made some tough shots. They had stuff going for them. And uh, I could see that happening like late on in the fourth quarter, say in like game three or game four. And, um, you know, and then it'll wake the Raptors up in the next game to, like, not sleep on Brooklyn. And, uh, yeah, but I think it'll overall be relatively light work for Toronto beating Brooklyn. So, yeah, to recap um, predictions for the NBA, uh, the Lakers in seven, uh, OKC Thunder in five, Denver Nuggets in seven, the LA Clippers in five, the Milwaukee Bucks in four, Miami Heat win in seven, Philadelphia 76ers win in seven, which I know will probably be wrong, and the Toronto Raptors win in five. And so um said earlier that uh, I'd talk more about the Flames um, towards the end, and, you know, we got game five coming up tomorrow at 3.30. I don't know when this episode will be out, so uh, chances are you'll probably be listening to this episode after the result of game five. But just a couple of thoughts about, you know, game five for tomorrow. Um, It's going to show truly what has changed from last year to this year for this team. Um, You know, last year things were said uh, at the exit meetings and coming into this year's playoffs, um, just a lot of talk about how they've learned from their mistakes and how, you know, they're prepared and, um, Game one in this series was uh, a good first period and a good third period. Second period was not good, right? So they played maybe a good 40 minutes and um, came away with the win, a one nothing series lead. Uh, game two, not the best. You know, they got outplayed, and um, I think the result was a bit flattering. You came to play for the last 10 minutes of the, four, of the third, sorry. And uh, he tied the game up before losing in 40 seconds and um, could have been a demoralizing loss, right? It's uh, similar to the Colorado game two from last year where the Colorado ties it late and goes on to win it in overtime. But uh, And then they respond the next night with a 2 nothing shutout win, which um, where they played horribly and uh, Cam Talbot stole them the win. And then, you know, you got a day break and uh, Kachuk's injured from game two already. And uh, you come for the matinee on Sunday and, uh, you know, you fall behind one nothing, You tie it up. You fall behind 2-1. You tie it up. Okay, you take the lead at 3-2. 3-3, they tie it up. You score a shorty. And um, just uh, it didn't, you know, you let in 62 shots. You get out shot after scoring that shorty. And you just kind of, you kind of um, let an onslaught happen, 
And, you know, when you're letting the team outshoot you 35 to 10 in third period in OT, you're probably not going to win. So now it'll it'll be uh, interesting to see how the team responds tomorrow. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to predict the winner of, like I, I've said, Flames in seven, but um, whoever wins tomorrow's game five will probably win the series. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out, if Matthew Kachuk plays, if there's any changes to the forward lineup. But uh, you got to be ready because Miro Heiskin is a beauty. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's been this week's episode. You know, if you guys have any any questions, DM on Instagram, send an email in, anything you want me to talk about. And um, we'll talk about that. Uh, it's been the first episode, so it's been kind of um, a bit all over the place, a bit jittery here and there. Hopefully, uh, going forward, we'll um, have it a bit more uh, organized, a bit more clear. If there's any issues with the mic quality or anything you guys want me to fix, let me know. Anything you guys want me to talk about in in, um, specific, in particular, like any teams, any players, any questions about why um, I choose certain teams, why I like certain sports, all that good stuff. Just, uh, just let me know, um, either DM on Instagram or, uh, you know, send an email in or like anything along those lines. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me bore you with some sports facts for 40 or so minutes. And, um, I hope to catch you guys next time, which, um, hopefully shouldn't be too far away and yeah. So thanks for listening and I'll see you guys in the next episode.